Yes, in the light of eternity or whatever happened to last Tuesday. And you might wonder what that title means. And I, I want you all to ask yourself, what did you have for breakfast last Tuesday? How many of you remember what you had for breakfast last Tuesday? Yes? Okay, maybe one or two, okay? I, and then if I were to ask, what did you have for breakfast two Tuesdays ago? You would probably, there would probably be even fewer. I mean, I remember what I had for breakfast last Tuesday because I was thinking about the sermon and I said, oh yeah, I had a strip of bacon and an egg. And I was going to remember that because of the sermon. But I don't think many of you were preparing a sermon on whatever happened to last Tuesday. And one of the things that this that we are conscious of is that the human condition is characterized by evanescence. That's a, I, I love that word. It sounds really pretty to me. But it's a tragic word. It means we our lives are dripping away a second at a time. The human condition, everybody, every second gets you one second closer to death. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a video with you, um, which I ran across that I think is uh, kind of cool. I want you to pay attention to the, the video, not so much the words. It's by a group called Nickelback, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of Nickelback. Um, I heard that they were the only group that got put in a top 50 bands list and a bottom 50 bands list. So I think that's quite an accomplishment to be both one of the top 50 and the bottom 50. So be, make of that what you will. Anyway, the, um, the, uh, the video is called Saving Me, and I will play it for you. And it will give you kind of an introduction to the the sermon. Let me let me share. Well, um, now I'd like to share my slides, and uh, I hope you noticed a few things in the video, um, and I'll and I'll mention some of them. Um, I, I thought one thing that was really good, or you know, I, I liked, which I don't know if you noticed, when he looked at the pregnant woman, there was the ticking clock over the pregnant woman. But there was also a ticking clock where the baby was, which um, I thought was really cool. But anyway, here are, I'm going to share my slides and um, I will talk about this stuff. Uh, if I can find them. Is that them? I guess that's them. Uh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Everybody can hear me and we're all, all good. Everything. Yeah, yes. Good. Perfect. Okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Hmm. Oops. Okay, the ticking clock. So everyone almost has a ticking clock. And that was what I was mentioning a little earlier, where time is just gradually running out on us. We, um, we are all, all of our lives are, every second, we're one second closer to that clock going to zero, like it did for the lady that they brought out on the gurney. And um, yeah, there. so when your clock hits zero, that's it. And now interesting, there was someone in the video who was saved. Now it starts off with the guy with the, uh, the beret and the beard. And he's, you see, he's looking around and he's looking for something. 
you don't know at first what he's looking for. And then suddenly he sees the guy walking out into the street with his cell phone about to get hit by a bus and he saves him. And then, uh, and he, and, oh, and so he can see the clocks. That's why, that's how he knows the guy's about to get killed. Right. And so he saves that guy. And then that guy becomes the one who can see the clocks and, uh, and so on. And the interesting thing about that guy, he was, you notice, I don't know if you noticed this, but he was looking in the, win the storefront window and he noticed that above him, there was no ticking clock. Everybody else had a ticking clock, but above him, there was no ticking clock. So while he was in this mode of, of looking to save people, his lifespan wasn't running down. He was not losing, he was not losing uh, uh, time. <clears throat> and, you know, obviously, um, obviously that this really applies to us as Christians. If we as Christians are, are um, connected with eternity, we don't really have a ticking clock. And I'm going to go into that a little bit later. But um, and we can save people and we can bring people from having that clock that's gradually running down to zero to not having a clock anymore, which we could call eternal life. OK, anyway, I like that video because I thought it gave a graphic representation of what it meant to be saved and the idea that we in our having our own lives connected to eternity can help other people become connected to eternity in the same way. Okay, let's look at the uh, Ecclesiastes 1-2. Now, there's a translation issue, obviously. I probably should have sent the text I was going to use. Um, the, the person read, meaningless, meaningless, all is meaningless. And King James translated, tra translated vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I believe that's what it says. And the problem is that's not even right. Meaningless is not right. Vanity is not right. The word translated vanity there is the Hebrew word hevel, hebel. And it means, it actually means vapor. So if you see on my picture there, this is out my front door on one foggy morning. So I, I took a picture out my, out my uh, front door because it was very foggy and I thought it looked cool. But the thing about San Jose, um, you'll notice that if it's foggy in the morning, especially this time of year, maybe foggy in the morning, but by noon it's gone. There's no fog. And so, you know, this for us, the vapor disappears quickly. But Hebel Hebelim which is the Hebrew, it's kind of like in Chinese. If you're in Chinese, you'll say everything twice to intensify it. Well, Hebrew works like that too. So um, if you say something like can-can, right? Or, or, or I don't know, that means look hard. I don't know, I, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, if you double something in Chinese, it means you know, emphasizing it. Well, in Hebrew, it means the same thing. Hebel Hebelim, that's doubling that word vapor. So it's vapor of vapors. It's like a fog that disappears almost before you see it. And so when, the, when Ecclesiastes starts vanity of vanities, it's saying vapor of vapors. And life is a vapor, not just a vapor, 
but a vapor of vapors, one that disappears so quickly. It's here and gone, just like that. Uh, and it captures this, this notion of vapor of vapors captures this notion of evanescence. Vanity means evanescence. Everything vanishes like a vapor. If you don't know what evanescence means, by the way, it means transient. It means, uh, there's a bunch of synonyms I could give you, but basically means it's here and, here and gone really fast. Uh, so, so I like the word evanescence, as I've already said. Vanity means evanescence. Everything vanishes like a vapor. For the preacher, evanescence ruins everything, okay? Um, so he says, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for I found, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vapor and striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. So this, so Solomon, the preacher, was talking about his experience of being a doer. And he says, I just did everything I could. And because he was king and had, he was the wealthiest king of his time, he could do anything he wanted, basically. And so he did everything. And as he did it, he said, it, it doesn't last. It's gone in a second. It's gone so fast. And that ruins it. I can build, I could build a new city, but the new city will be gone. I can have all the pleasures of life, but those pleasures will be gone quickly. Um, I was thinking about that myself. I, I went to a, a meeting with uh, some friends that I have, and it's a, it's a bunch, we get together and read stuff to one another that we wrote, and we, we talk and we, you know, share jokes and all kinds of stuff. It's a great time, but it's over. You know, I have the memory of it, but the time is gone. And it was so quick. It was four or five hours, but it was, it's gone. And all I can do is think back, when can we do it again? When's the next one, you know? And that's just how life is. You can't hang on to it. Striving after, a wi striving after wind, what does that mean? The wind blows. If you try to grab hold of the wind, you're going to look pretty stupid, right? You're grabbing hold of wind. It just it you can't grab hold of anything. You see? So life is like that. I mean, you know, you go through the various milestones of life. Someone, I know someone is graduating uh, or has graduated. Congratulations. That's a milestone. All that is now behind you. All of those experiences, those joys, those pleasures, those heartbreaks, all behind you. You're never gonna go back again. And some people will look at that and say, that's tragic. I have to go forward in my life. And now what am I going to do with myself? I'm, I'm ah, no longer in high school or no longer in college or no longer whatever. Do I know how to, to handle it? You know, and, and you think back on all the things you missed. Okay, so the notion here of evanescence can be captured, uh, is captured in a poem. And I'm not going to go over this because I don't have that much time. But uh, it's called Ozymandias. It's by uh, Shelley. And uh, it basically describes this scene here. And the, there's a plaque that's uh, a plaque um, on where the feet are 
that says, look upon my works, ye mighty, and despair. And so originally it was a big statue, a big, beautiful statue, and there's all kinds of stuff all around, a city, a, you know, fortifications, whatever, all this stuff was around. And the king was so proud. He said, look upon my work, ye mighty, and despair, because you'll never be able to match me. And yet, now what's left? The head is still left, lying there in the ground, and the legs, and nothing else is left. It's all a blank plane now. And so the, the plaque that says, look upon my works, ye mighty, and despair, that becomes ironic. Think, think how mighty you are and how much you can do and how much you can build, but it's all going to turn out like this. It's all going to fall apart. It's all going to collapse. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to read the poem. But you can look it up yourself if you're interested. It's, it's a cool poem. And uh, I don't know if you guys watched um, um, Breaking Bad. There was actually an episode called Ozymandias where, you know, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Heisenberg was a kind of modern Ozymandias, you know. He was building a kingdom and it was all doomed to collapse, Okay. Okay, so what about eternity? What's eternity? Well, first of all, something eternal is not subject to corruption by time. So everything that we see, everything in this life, it falls apart. You know, you can have the best car, eventually it'll fall apart. You have a building, eventually the building collapses or falls apart or gets bombed or something goes wrong. Your body starts falling apart. Um, you know, especially when you get older, like me, you know, I'm, uh, I have plenty of parts in me that have passed their expiration date, you know, have to have people go in there and fix things, you know. Um, so everything's falling apart. And I see it in, in my own body. I see it in myself. It's so discouraging. I try to do the things. I, I remember I was playing volleyball a couple of weeks ago. And I I could, you know, I still could hit the ball and all that kind of stuff, but I couldn't move, you know, I felt like I was, I had like lead in my, I felt like I was glued to the ground. So anyway, and I knew what I, I used to be able to do. So it's all very discouraging. Okay, but eternity is not subject to corruption by time. Eternity is not just long duration. Eternal life is not just living a long, 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 long time. It's a completely different it's not quantity, but quality. It's a completely different quality of life. And so without eternity, we experience time as subtraction. Oh, yeah, there's this, um, each second is a second lost. There's, there's an, there used to be, the, I don't know if it's still out there, but there used to be a uh, soap opera called Days of Our Lives. And when they were starting, when they are first starting it up, their, their voice would come on and he would say, like sands through an hourglass, these are the days of our lives. And you think of your, your life just, you know, each day dripping through the hourglass like a piece of sand, and it's gone forever. It's gone. It's no, you, 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 have, you don't have it anymore, okay? But eternal life means that each second brings new life because you never lose what you've had. You, you never, you know, you never, um, it becomes something that enriches a life that continues. You build, you build on your life. Your life becomes more and more richer because it becomes, because you never lose it, okay? 
And um, so, for example, you know, um, you hear people talk about love. So love is a quality of eternity. That is, uh, it says in the Bible, love never fails. Love hopes all things, bears all things, believes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But let's say you love somebody and, and, and you promise you're never going to leave. And then you get hit by a truck. Just broken your promise, right? But but the thing is, if you have eternal life, then love persists into eternity. This is the thing that God is doing with us. Okay. All right. Now I, I want to point out though that here's our problem. Eternity in our hearts. We have this concept of eternity in our hearts, but there's a problem. I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. It's so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. You see, we, God has given us a beautiful creation, a beautiful world, a beautiful life, and he has also given us a glimpse of eternity. He's put it into our hearts so that we long that this would all continue forever. And yet it doesn't. Why not? Because we die. We are, we are evanescent. We wink out. We blink out like a light that burns out. Okay? And so what is our problem? Well, so God's work is good and beautiful, and we have a glimpse of it. Okay? But we do not survive long enough to understand it. That's the tragedy that, that um, Solomon uh, grieves over in the book of Ecclesiastes. That's what's, for him, it makes everything, you know, um, uh, painful. He talks about being wise. What good is it to be wise? The only good of being wise is that you know you're going to die. The fool never thinks about it. And so the fool just goes along blissfully you know, doing whatever he does, and then all of a sudden he dies. The wise person is thinking, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, and then he dies. And so the wise person has suffered knowing he's going to die, whereas the fool didn't suffer, you see. So wisdom is, you know, even wisdom is not a good thing from that perspective, right? Um, and and that, that's actually in the book of Ecclesiastes, if you read it. You'll find that Solomon says that. So here's the central problem of life. What do we do about eternity? How do we connect our evanescent stories to God's eternal story? Okay, and I mean, we all know, we all know that, that through Christ we have eternal life. But Solomon didn't know about that at the time. And for everybody in the world, they're looking at that question, how do I make my life makes sense, given the fact that I'm going to die. How can I make something last, or how can I just enjoy life? And, and the right way to ask the question is, how do we connect our brief, fleeting stories to God's eternal story, the eternity that God has written in our hearts? Okay, so we have some potential answers. Give up, okay? You know, Giving up is a reasonable strategy. Why waste the effort if there's no solution? If you're doing a, like you're having a test and you find a problem that you just can't possibly answer because you just have no idea, don't even try. 
skip that problem, go on to the next, you might get more credit that way, right? So give up, well, <clears throat> so for example, YOLO, you guys all know YOLO, right? You only live once. <clears throat> I call that beer commercial mentality because there was a beer commercial that used to say, <clears throat> excuse me, you only go around once in life, so you have to grab for all the gusto you can get. And what exactly is gusto? Anyway, I don't know, but you have to grab for it because you only go around once in life, right? Um, that's giving up. It means live as hard as you can, live fast, die young, make a beautiful corpse, that kind of thing. You know, you just go for it because you only live once. Anything you miss now is missed forever. Or the other possibility, another possibility is find eternal life. That is, see if you can, like I said, connect that evanescent fleeting life of yours to an eternal, unending um, life that doesn't corrupt. Well, we know that if we believe in Jesus, he will give us eternal life, okay? For this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, to whom, uh, whom you have sent. And we notice here that it is to know, that is, that is it constitutes a relationship. In other words, we gain eternal life from God by being connected to him relationally. We, have, we walk with God. We have, a, we have an ongoing, moment-by-moment -moment relationship with God through prayer, through hearing his word. Um, I mean, the idea here is that we are living eternal life right now because we live as if we were connected to God because we are connected to God. His spirit is inhabiting us if we are believers. Um, and therefore, we right now have eternal life. Okay? Uh, as Jesus said, he who believes in me will never experience death. Okay? And, and that doesn't mean that we won't die. It means that death will never become the, um, the defining feature of our experience, the defining feature of our life. Okay. All right. And again, eternity is not long, but life of an eternal kind. Okay. So here's you in eternity. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this momentary light affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Amen. And so here, this again tells us how we should live our lives. As we are Christians, yet, yet nevertheless as Christians, we can be preoccupied by the things of the world. We could go for the things of the world. We could go for human values. We can prioritize you know, the, the various things that the world dangles before us like shiny baubles. Um, we can go after all of those things, um, you know, the money, fine car, job, house, every, all of those things that, you know, the world said, oh, if you just follow our values, you'll get all this stuff. And yet what happens to all those things that I've mentioned? They're all evanescent. They all go away. And yet, if we seek the things that are eternal, things that are unseen, 
then um, we find that this life is preparing an eternal weight of glory for us uh, in the next life. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We have to look to the things that are unseen. Okay, that's, that's the hard part, right? Uh, so what are seen versus unseen? Okay, so looks. You know, um, looks are a big deal, right? And they say, if you got it, flaunt it. Or, you know, um, anyway, I could go on and on. But, you know, everybody cares about how you look. That's the most important thing, how you look. And so what do we find? Proverbs 31.30, beauty is fleeting. And there's that word hevel again. Beauty is a vapor. It disappears. I mean, you know, you might be a handsome guy, you know, but when you're 60, you're not going to be so handsome. You might be a beautiful woman. But when you're 40, you're going to become invisible. You know, that's what they say, right? Um, and that's just the way it is. That's what beauty does. It flees, fleets, whatever. Um, possessions. Oh, what about possessions? Um, Matthew 6, 19 to 21 says, do not lay up treasures on earth. Why? Moth and rust corrupt. Remember that word corruption? The things of this world corrupt. They become useless. They fall apart. They rust. They're eaten by moths. Or thieves break in and steal. They're stolen. Okay. Fame. Oh, yeah, fame. Have we, we all want to be famous, right? Um, and yet you've heard the phrase, 15 minutes of fame. I remember um, there was this, uh, I used to watch American Idol because my wife did. And there was this guy named Sanjaya. I don't know if any of you ever heard of Sanjaya. Anybody heard of Sanjaya? Oh, yeah, one person. Anybody else? I see one. Well, I can't. A lot of you aren't on the camera, so I can't tell. Well, this guy, he was a flash in the pan. He made a big splash for a while, um, and he freaked out Simon Cowell, who was the main guy of American Idol at the time. Simon Cowell was saying, if he wins, I'm going to quit, you know, uh, and eventually he, he, he didn't win, but everyone was talking about him for about 15 minutes. You know, it's his 15 minutes of fame, right? It comes and goes, you know, I mean, think about it. Uh, how many of you guys remember who a guy named Tilden was? Well, he was the guy who was running against Rutherford B. Hayes in the presidential election in the 1800s that went to the house of representatives. Anyway, that so so if you you know he, he was famous right for 15 minutes right uh and that's how important that was right so okay what about unseen love i already mentioned that love is of eternity it's funny because if you listen to love songs one of the things you hear in love songs they always say things like i'll be loving you eternally you know things like that, right? They're always, they're always saying, I'm going to love you forever, you know? Uh, and you listen to them all and they say, many of these love songs say, you know, what's another one? Uh, oh, anyway, I could just go on and on because they're, they all say that. Well, not all of them, but many of them say that. I collected a bunch of them one time. And, and they're saying, I mean, it's kind of like if you're a girl and a guy comes to you and promises to love you until next Tuesday, well, what are you going to say? 
uh, I think I'll hold out for a better deal, right? You know, I want to marry you, but the first time it gets hard, I'm out of here. Sorry about that, you know, or, you know, and so on, you know, love, but we want to be loved forever. We want someone who will commit and will care for us through thick and thin, right? Um, so that's what love is. It lasts. Joy. You say, well, wait, joy doesn't last, does it? Um, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So joy is an invisible thing, or it's, it's, it has its roots in something invisible, uh, and yet it, it comes into this life and fills it with inexpressible glory, okay? Amen. Peace, same thing. We find, that, we find that peace is not of this world. The peace that comes from Christ is not of this world. Uh, it's given by Jesus, and it's not as the world gives, Okay, I'm trying to hurry up here. So we're like the guy who was saved. We're like that guy who went around without the ticking clock over his head because he was saved. He was looking for someone to save. Time doesn't subtract for us. We can save others. But the ticking clock for us never restarts because we are on the, on the road to eternity. We are on the path to eternity. Like that Hillsong song. How's that line go? As I walk from earth into eternity. You guys remember that? That's one of my favorite songs. It's soppy, but it's still one of my favorite songs anyway. So um, because of the, partly just because of that line, we're walking from earth to eternity, you know? And um, that's, that's our life. Everybody's laughing at me. Maybe I shouldn't have asked people to turn their cameras on because I wouldn't have seen all the people laughing at me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay, so what do we do? What do we do about it? If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Oh gosh, you're going to love this one. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Uh-oh, what is that? Anybody know what that's called? Anyway, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You know what that is? Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Does that ring a bell with anybody? The Horcrux in Harry Potter. Remember the Voldemort stuck his life, split his life up and hid it in a bunch of stuff so he would never die. Well, we're better off than that. Our lives are hid with Christ in God. Nothing can ever destroy our Horcrux, right? You know, and there was a death. Christ died so he could be where our lives are hidden. You see, so I love these cultural references, right? I'm sure it really connects with people. You guys know what I'm talking about? Anyway. Okay, so um, it's not murder because in Harry Potter, you had to murder someone to make a horcrux. But for us, it's Christ died. Christ died, and now he's got our lives. They will never be destroyed because they're hidden in him. And so we should, if that's where, if that's where our lives are, that's where our focus should be as well. 
Again, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And what is that treasure we're talking about? It's the kingdom of God. More specifically, it's the people who make up the kingdom of God. So if you look around yourself, if you're sitting with your friends or your, your brothers and sisters in Christ, they are your treasure. The ways that you love them, care for them, give to them, pour out your life for one another, that lasts. That lasts to eternity. That's the treasure that we find in the kingdom of God. Whereas if we take all of the things that we have in this life, spend it on ourselves, you know, um, then you know, it's gone. Once it's, once this life ends, it's all gone and we have nothing to show for it. Okay. So, you know, focus on God's kingdom, set God's kingdom before you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things needful for life will be added to you. Okay. Let's pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord, I thank you because you have set eternity in our hearts. And yet, before Christ came, we, it was just a frustration. We knew that we had eternity out there somewhere and that you were eternal, but we weren't. And so we grieved. But now that Christ has come, he has opened the gate to eternity. He's given us eternal life. He has knocked down the door uh, to death and hell, and he's let us out. And so now... Our lives are no longer transient and ephemeral and evanescent, but our lives are now hidden with him uh, as he is seated at the right hand of God. And so, Lord, help us to, um, to put our eggs in the basket where they belong, namely uh, to have our focus on the things that are above where Christ is. Um, help us to live life uh, with our hearts set on the things that matter, not on the things that that dry up and blow away. Lord, just bring this to our mind as we live our lives each day, that we'll live our lives in the light of eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.